and he said um, it's LeBron James. It's LeBron James. Because I've seen him talk about it, and I've seen I've seen Mastery talk. I've seen a lot of people talk about it right? just from a financial standpoint. When somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, we're willing to give you what I think Reebok offered LeBron like nine or ten million dollars or something like that," but they were like, "You can't go talk to anybody else. Like you got to sign this check now." Mm-hmm. And he said he thought to himself, "That's a whole lot of money from you know poor kid in the projects." Blah blah blah. He said, but he said thought to himself, if "They're offering me ten million now." What am I really worth? Yeah. And Master P said the same thing. Like, what about the long-term play and all this stuff? Like, I've read stories how he bought land in, outside of New Orleans and just sat on it. Sure. And at one point, he said that he bought a patch of dirt. It's a real estate point. And he said he bought it when no one thought about it. He said when somebody came and bought it, they were like, well, what you, what'd you get paid for? He said, I, they had to make me go away. We, I think people understand the long-term play. Right. If you can be disciplined, or better, better yet, if you have the uh, the financial bandwidth to be sustainable until it hits. Totally different ball game when you've got three, four kids, one kid going to college, you know, one coming. Like, there's a lot of different moving parts. And you know, a lot of our audience will be single. Uh, come from single parent homes right or have single parent homes so that and like philosophically I think a lot of people can agree with it but then how do I weather the storm so to speak until it maturates until it, it fully blossoms and blooms and and you a lot of times you can't right so you take the bag early or you stay with the the nine to five right uh, I don't think it's you know it's early if the opportunity presented himself, because a lot of time, that $10 million at that time was more than he's ever made, right? So it wasn't early for him. Now, the next deal that he makes may be 10 times, 100 million or more, but that one, that 100 million, I mean, that 10 million, it's like, hey, that's the most I've ever made in my whole entire life. So why am I saying, hey, I want to wait till two years down the road? That's the most I've ever made. Get that and then plan the next, you know, have the next, play, you know, player. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I, you know. to that point, I think there's too often that in everybody's life, like, you get, like, a handful of, like, really just great opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think too many times people choose the easy, quick money fast. And I think to when you think about that, like, if you can make easy, quick money fast, then there's always the opportunity to either, A, take that money and roll it into something longer, mm-hmm. or, B, look at the longer options because if somebody's giving you something then they're obviously making something significantly yeah, more right. off of it yeah and you gotta think there's more where that came from it's right. always better for you to participate with them than it is for you to be an employee or right. or get a paycheck it just it's just and it's one of those things that you don't you don't figure out till later in life mm. when you've probably passed up on four or five or six different choices like I mean, right now, right, I, I get I get random checks in my bank account just because of all of the stuff that I have done in the past. And, like, you keep seeding things and seeding things and seeding things. And then, and then eventually start, start sprouting. the harvest. And then, you like, you don't even know when the harvest is coming. Like, I told my wife today, I was like, oh, well, we just got a, you know, a random check in our bank account. I was like, oh, look at that. Okay. Right. All the work we were doing in the past paid off. And this is all, like, stuff from, like, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, but it's all about, like, Take an equity. Take an equity. Take See an equity. Time harvest. I think it's um, t- equity. It's 
you got to understand when you're in a position where like if you are the actual product if you are the good if you are the service that people are are, are lining up to try to get their hands on mm. you got to understand your value you got to know your worth in the sense of you know we'll just talk about the equity right like like if i if i am and this is where lebron you know foresight obviously mm-hmm. he at that point in time you know he's getting ready to graduate high school like you said you know right. i thought to myself okay am i going to sign this check and then go back to class mm-hmm. like but he also realized like who he was in that space and was like there's gotta be more that came from and there's a part of betting on myself too right right but you just gotta understand like if somebody's on to do this for you you take every meeting you take every phone conversation you don't just take the first thing that comes with it's even negotiating salaries if somebody offers you say i'm gonna pay you x amount to be an employee to do this you don't just automatically just take the first offer you don't do that you you come back with something so what you're saying is People don't understand their value. It's part of it, absolutely. Even yeah. more simple as that, right? Like if if you work for FedEx and you're gonna be working for FedEx for twenty years, right? Like if every paycheck you say, you know what, I'm gonna buy one share of FedEx stock so that I can benefit in what FedEx is doing. Right. Now, who knows what company you work for, right? Maybe you work for Amazon. Maybe if you had been working for Amazon as a picker for the last ten years, if you had said, you know what, every one of my checks, I'm gonna invest one share of Amazon stock. You wouldn't have to work anymore right. if you did that. <laughs> you wouldn't have to work anymore, right? It's like so. It's stuff like that. Like we can talk about the complexities of what we're doing, but like, it's not. It, it, it if if you can go to McDonald's three times a, a week, well, you can you buy be, one share of FedEx stock. I'm just saying, like, like ways. people get too caught up in like they, I need they, to make this big there. money I fast, and it's like. Time. Nah, like wealth is built, you know, day by day, time, you know, investment by investment. It's it's, it's not you know. sexy. Yeah. It's it's what who was it that I can't remember who it was, but they were basically saying it, it, and they were uh, equating it to working out. If you get up, oh Simon Sinek, mm-hmm. is who it was, and he was like, look, you know, you work out, you look in the mirror, you're not gonna see a change. Mm-hmm. You do it the next day, you work out, Still not. you're not gonna see a change. And day after day you're not going to see a change but however over time you start to say oh, 30 days ago yep. 60 days yeah. ago yep. Yep. 90 days ago you know that's where you start to see the difference and it's no different with you know our finances and that's one of the reasons why you know we wanted to do this behind the dollar with you is because you you give that right and so um you give it's that that prudent mindset right and 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 uh sage mentality of consistency is going to win long term mm-hmm. right um i think that a lot of times especially now that we're in 2022 we have to look backwards and say what what did we do that didn't work what did we do that worked and how can i do more of the things that worked and less of the things that didn't work and what can i fill in those gaps with and i think that's one of the things that you bring to the table is this kind of stoic mentality but but it's deep in thought before because you you're really good at thinking before you speak no, and I think, well, to me, I think a really good example of that, right, is to really look back at what you did in COVID, right? Like, in COVID, every single person on this earth, pretty much, had six months yep. to sit in a house, yep. and what did you do with that six months? If you was working every day, and you was out there on the streets, you were still getting a, a check from either your employer or the government, and what did you do with that money, right? And what did you do with that time? And if you say to yourself... You know, I leveled up my character in Madden or I leveled up my character in this. <laughs> and, you know, all of a sudden, like, then that's on you, right? Like, that's on you. And at the end of the day, I feel like 
there's a lot of people that made a come up. There's a lot of people that didn't. But to me, that really speaks to your mentality. And that should really, in my mind, that should be a bellwether for you to think about, okay, I either need to change my life or I need to start making some, taking a better look at my decision making. Because we can all say, certainly pre-COVID, there are, you know, 60% of the world is literally just grinding day to day just to make it. But you got a six month, basically, opportunity to do something different. And if you didn't, then the thing about opportunity though is that if you're not prepared for it you're going to drop the ball when they arrive no question no question no question like they always say the the ingredients to success is when opportunity meets preparation Mm. right you always got to be preparing yourself is that one identify what is it what's the vision what do you want your life to look like what is it that you really want out of life because you know every time we wake up we have a brand new day to rewrite our history yeah right and so what happened during COVID is that if you were not prepared to actually you know get that opportunity it just it was just another time it was just another day and those people who's been grinding it's like man like the the best story out of all this is zoom right we don't talk a lot about zoom but it was for what 2000 uh 2011 and they just consistently kept on you know perfecting themselves waiting for an opportunity and it was a time i believe during the summer where zoom was worth more than the top eight airline in the whole entire world zoom was worth than more than them combined together no, zoom ain't going nowhere now <laughs> right so that was that's literally preparation meets opportunity so I think that, you know, for all of us, we always say, okay, every time we wake up, what is it that I'm, I'm working for? If you're just going to just work just to pay bills and you have no vision beyond that aspect, it don't matter how many opportunity comes your way. You're still not going to get it. No, you know? no yeah. And I, and I will share my quick story um, for, from what I did in COVID. Like literally, I have been doing everything I just said. I've been grinding paycheck to paycheck living. Big paychecks, but still paycheck to paycheck living. That's well, another thing we talk else, about. What you're really saying. Yeah. And uh, COVID gave me the time to literally just stop. Literally just stop and say, okay, I am not going to be doing this for anybody else. What can I do for myself? And I was starting my own company. I started my own company. And then a friend of mine who I had worked in the business was like, hey, listen, I've got this really interesting idea. And at the time, well, I was actually two of my friends. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take everything just coming to me like I don't have anything to do all day so I'm going to fill my day with work and so I had started my own company I had a friend of mine who was starting his own company and he was like you know what I don't really know what to do I need to try to figure out how I can raise some VC money I was like you know what let me help and then I had another friend of mine was like hey listen I want to start a company similar to yours but a lot more tech stuff and we need somebody's operations I was like listen I'm gonna do all of that my wife was like that's too much I was like what else we doing? What, what else what, we doing? What else? What else? Like, am I got to I'm not that? gonna be the greatest homeschool teacher in the world. That's not for me. I, I'm gonna let you know that right now. I did that for a month, and I was like, "This ain't it. This ain't it." My kids is gonna get dumber for the next next four or five months because nothing I can do. And you know, fast forward to today, the one company I started by myself, we were able to raise twenty million dollars. Now we've almost invested all of that, and we're gonna probably by the time we're done, two x on that. I put in almost no money, and I'm going to end up taking out probably some millions. And then 
literally just yesterday, the uh, the second company that I started with my buddy who wanted to do the tech stuff, um, we just got our valuation, and it's not really public, but it was in the you know forty or fifty million dollar range, and there was literally a company we started during COVID it was worth nothing. It was literally just six of us sitting together, saying this makes sense. Like this is an idea that makes sense. We didn't get paid. We were like, we're not gonna pay ourselves. We raised a couple hundred thousand dollars. I know it sounds like a lot, but it's nothing. Uh, we didn't pay ourselves. We paid a few people. And all of a sudden, I woke from COVID, working for somebody else, getting a check, to now I am the chief officer, uh, investment officer of one company, chief asset officer of another company. Both of the companies are worth, you know, close to hundred million dollars after everything said and done. Combined, yeah. And, and frankly, you know, that's just that's just the start. Like those, we're only two years in, right? Like we're only really a year and a half out of COVID, two years in. And in my mind, I can't imagine having wasted that opportunity. And at the same time, I think to myself, what would have happened if I had just had my own self-imposed COVID? If I had just said, you know what, I'm going to grind for a year making these salaries and then I'm just going to quit. And I'm going to take six months of my own money and I'm going to have six months of savings and I'm just going to quit. And it's something that I would have never considered because I'd have been way too scared to do it. COVID forced it on me, so I had no choice. But that fear would have literally probably like today I would probably still be working the same job making the same check still in paycheck to paycheck but that fear of just not wanting to get off that train uh would have stopped this this blessing right like and so that's one of those things that it's like mm, as much as I want to understand and want to sort of ha- relate to folks that are having to do this day-to-day thing at some point you have to invest in yourself I think the word when when COVID first hit, like he had a great analogy for when COVID first hit, he said he said this is God calling us calling a sixty second timeout on everybody. You know? Yeah. And one of the biggest things he said when COVID hit, he was like, we got to pivot. He was like, this is he said it's gonna be on us to make sure we have things in order to do things better. Whenever God says, okay, y'all, the ball's back on the court. Yeah. And I think from you and our standpoint, I think you know, we talked about a few weeks ago, like we can talk to people across the country, any part of America mm-hmm. from the cigar industry and we're good. Or outside. All right, yeah. And we're yeah. good. We have no issues with anybody. And I think honestly, COVID helped that. Like one of our first Zoom interviews is one of our, now she's one of our favorites, right? But I think to my, my, my bigger point is what he said, pivoting how do we get better? I think we got better as far as forming relationships due to COVID because we went from doing every show in person. Mm-hmm. We were figuring out a way and then we didn't have a choice. Right. We both had little kids at the time. It's like, well, Zoom it is. We, we got to figure it out. Right. And um, I think it's it's the, the underlying thing of you know COVID giving birth to entrepreneurs so on and so forth. But, see, you can always find an excuse not to do something. Like, you, like It's always like I had three small kids at home. I'm like, listen, if I don't get this check, they can't go to this private school. They can't do this. They can't do that. And it's like there's always a reason, whether you're making $500,000 or $50,000. Like, there's always going to be a reason. And I just it's one of those things where I just feel like too often we either don't take the time to really think about what we want and then take that first step because the first step is the hardest it's the one that's the scariest thing is just to start and my thing is like even if you have to do it because the thing is like and this is i remember my boss told me this 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 was the the greatest life lesson i learned Mm -hmm. and i know this is going to be very simple but my boss said 
there are 24 hours in a day. Yeah. And when you think about the fact that you work eight hours a day, you then come home, you spend some time with your family, and then you do whatever you're doing for the next, you know, three, four, five hours, and then you sleep in eight hours. Mm-hmm. And so for you to say, I don't have enough time for X, Y, or Z, he's like, there's always enough time. It's just that you either are misprioritizing your time or you're just not making a choice to do that. Like, yeah. it takes an hour a day to go to the gym. Nobody goes to the gym, right? Like, it, like it's, these are the things you don't want to do. But at the end of the day, if you just keep grinding at it, you'll get there. Yeah. And so, for me, I, it having, having a level of intent. Yeah, and, I, and, and having seen so many people do these things, right? It's like, yes, there's always going to be that single mother that doesn't have that an hour to spare in her day. But I guarantee you, even that person yeah. has an hour. Now, and what do you do with that hour? I always yeah. say, you're not yeah. the president, right? <laughs> like... Ideally, if anyone should be busy that, that has a legit excuse, you would think the leader of the, the, free, leader world. Of the free world right. would be one, right? I was I was um I was listening to Grand Gordon and he he mentioned something. He said that you know you got to get obsessed mm-hmm. about the you know about the vision, the goals that you want. Otherwise, you'll spend a whole lifetime making up excuses as to why you never had the life you wanted. The biggest you know? gap that I was able to close in my work history yeah. from a financial component was when I took Napoleon Hill's advice and mm. said and you have to be obsessive yep. about whatever it is and and, and it, to your point Mike it doesn't happen overnight but that gap gets real short real yeah. quick because you're just obsessing about how can I get better how can I get better how can I get if better if you see everybody right if you see anybody who's successful almost everyone have the same you know, you know trait they all have the same. They obsess about what it is that they're passionate about. They're dogmatic. Right? Yeah. Exactly. They're not being, then you know, it's not a, okay, if it happens, it happens. It's, no, it's going to happen because I may, I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. If it's meant to be, it's up to me, right? And so until somebody have that switch in their mindset that I look, I'm tired sure. of where I'm at and the life that I'm living currently, until they have that, no matter, you can bring so many opportunities to their table and what if for whatever reason they won't you know it won't it won't work for them well and i think the other thing too is like people have this sort of nine to five mentality of like i'm gonna go to work from nine to five but they want somebody to take care of what people have to understand is you can have the nine to five mentality but then you have to have for your own dream a similar nine to five mentality right like i have worked in my career you know 80 hours a week 60 hours a week 70 hours a week but at the end of the day like I have worked more as an entrepreneur than I've ever worked. Yeah. Like, ever. Oh, yeah. Ever. Because, like, it's... That's the, that's the, the dirty, nasty side of being an entrepreneur. Well, right? yeah, but, but but that's the thing. is like, when, when, when you tell me, like, let's say, you know, I work for UPS and I'm doing UPS from 9 to 7. I'm working 10 hours a day. Okay, great. Well, if you were to just say, okay, when I get off, I'm going to do something for an hour that, like, maybe it's real estate. Like, maybe I want to get into real estate. Yeah. Because the thing about real estate is real estate is the easiest thing to get into. Like, people feel like, oh, I need to read all these books and all this money. You don't. No, you don't. All you literally need to do is if you got $5,000, you can buy a house. Yeah. You can buy a house. And $5,000 might seem daunting to some people. But at the end of the day, if you say, my goal over the next five years is to save $5,000 so I can buy this one house. All of a sudden, you buy that one house. That house is working for you. Now, instead of the next five years, now it takes you two more years to save another $5,000. Now I get a second house. Now, all of a sudden, before you know it. 
now you've got a whole second stream income is equal to your first. You got a portfolio. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I understand the fear mentality of it. I understand the the fact that you think that, oh, I only have $100 saved up, or oh, uh, this month I was only able to save $50. But it's one of those things where it's like, $50, you do that 100 times and you have $5,000. And 100 times over the course of two, three, four, five years is not unreasonable. Yeah. And so it just, it's hard for me to have, it's hard for me to connect with the mentality of, I can't save $50 a month. See, I think it's, um, there's a mind shift between those who, you know, who decide to go for it. You got to go back to how the whole system is set up. America is built on workers, right? And so the whole system is is designed to develop more workers. You have to plug into the system. Now, the thing about it is there are some who just go with the flow. And then there are those who always going against the flow, going against the grain, right? If I always, when I got here, I always ask a question, so why does the school bus matches the prison bus? Like, why does it look almost identical to say, mm. right? Why does the- you, uh, you, you asked that when you first got here? Not when I first got okay. here. Okay, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> we but, know I'm in school proverbs, but that's a great point though. You know, why does the school, <laughs> the school tray, the, the lunch tray, almost look the same as the one in the prison? Yeah. And so when you look at how the whole system is set up, you wake up, you go to school, you got to report to a teacher who basically gives you an assignment to, to, to do while you're there, right? If you're late, you're tardy. Right. And then guess what? You you know, they build that system in place. So when you go to, you know, when you get a school, get, what's the what's the word? Go to school, get a good education so you can get a good job. job. Right. So now you just get a good job. Just over broke. You get a job. Guess what you got to do? The same thing as if you were going to school. You have to show up at a time. And if you're tardy, you, you get written up. And you, when you're there, you have a manager who's managing you the whole entire time, just like a teacher. Mm. And so it's like you've been programmed your whole life, and you have to unplug yourself to be able to understand that it's not working for you. So right. I want to shift gears. I mean, yeah. everything that you guys are saying is spot on, and that's what the show is all about. Um, but I, I would be remiss if we're not giving our visionaries the opportunity to bridge their gap. Right. Right? So, Mike... Why don't you tell us what specifically your business does? We know that you leveraged COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Invested in yourself, which should be the first investment before you start investing in other things. Invest in yourself. Um, After you did that, what is the business that you came up with? So I have, my background is real estate. Like when I was 21 years old, right out of college, I bought my first house uh, and I did my first flip when I was 23. What gave you that insight? Like what, why did you decide? Just, and you're, for the people that don't know, you're from, Corn- like you went to Cornell. Yeah, yeah. No, I li- literally, I just, I loved real estate. I, I had a, I, when, I got out of, when I got out of school at 21, I had a job working at Procter & Gamble. I was doing sales and marketing. I was very good at it. I was the first person in my class promoted. I got promoted within a year. And um, I just, I never, I never loved it. I, ne- I absolutely never loved it. And the only thing I loved was real estate. I remember my brother and I at the time were like, uh, yeah, like real estate's a thing. Like we should, we should do this. And you know, he, we were both talking about it. And I was like, well, I'm gonna do it. Like I got this, I got this little, literally my starting, my, my sign on bonus was $2,500. Uh, they messed up and sent me two, two, two checks. And <laughs> 
And Come on, Procter and Gamble. And well, no, no, don't worry. They, 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 <laughs> and they were like, uh, we need this $2,500 back. I was like, well, it's gone. <laughs> and they were like, well, uh, are you okay if we just deduct it out of your next 10 checks? I was like, hmm, perfect. By all means. No interest, no interest loan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no interest loan. True. So I... Uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, there. so I, I, bought, I, bought that for, I bought that first house. And, you know, I, I that was when I just I started, like, again, I was working a 9 to 5. I was doing great uh, at my job. Got promoted. But while I was doing that, I was doing this other little real estate thing on the side. And I loved it. And then I went back to business school because I, it got to the point where I had too many houses and it was like, I had too many houses, I was doing too much work and I wasn't making enough money. I was like, you know what, like, let me, figure, let me go back and reconfigure Yeah, like this is like, this. like, well, so what happens is basically I was in Detroit at the time and I was buying these like $20,000 houses and I was renting them out for like seven fifty. so the cash flow was great. But like, it's small money. Like even like, even when you do 10 of those, so now I got $200,000 worth of houses I got seventy five hundred dollars, right. but now like I'm literally working a nine to five, and then working another nine to five, right. and I'm not making like I'm making like I don't know maybe eighty ninety thousand dollars a year, and like I was like, hmm, this feels like a lot of work, and right. I feel like I could be doing this more efficiently. Yeah. So let me go back, get some more education, just figure it out. So I went, then I went back to business school, then I got a job in investment banking, and I started to understand it was real estate investment banking. Then I started to understand okay how I need to use leverage, how I need to use other people. And then I started working private equity. Then I started to understand, okay, now I get it. So when I started, my business is ba- it's very simple. All I do is buy single family houses and I rent them out. Um, that's all I do. But because I have this investment banking background, I'm able to raise the equity from somebody else. I'm able to get the debt from somebody else. And now I can buy a lot more houses. And instead of me doing the work, because I have enough houses, now I can b- build a team. So I have a property management company. I have a real estate brokerage. Um, again, I built all this in COVID. Literally, I went to somebody with a dream. I was like, this is what I want to do. They were like, okay, here's some money. And then I got to build it. So built a, a real estate brokerage, built a property management company. What if you don't have that person in your corner that has the financial capacity to say, here's X amount and let's see what you can do with it? Well, you have to understand, like people are not going to give you money if you don't have experience. Yeah. And so the way you get experience is doing it yourself on a small scale. Because I did it myself on a small scale, people were much more willing to say, oh, okay, I see you've done this on a small scale successfully. Now, let me see if you can scale it up. So I'm gonna give you this money to scale it up. And so what I always tell people is, if you have a dream, don't wait for somebody else to fund your dream. Mm -hmm. You start start doing it. You start making those steps towards it. And once people see that you can have some success, because the thing is, my first, my my second flip was a disaster, right? Like my second, my first flip was success. Uh, you know, I bought a little small condo in California, sold it for, you know, $50,000 more than I bought, more than, more than I paid for. Great. Moved to Detroit. First flip was a disaster. I bought a $150,000 house. I was living in the basement. The roof caved in. whole bunch of stuff was wrong. I ended up losing money on that flip, but I learned a lot of experience. Uh, so then, you know, I kept doing the small stuff and then I went, okay, great. Now I got, now I got the idea and I started doing more successfully and then I started doing the bigger stuff. And so now when I go to somebody and I say, okay, now give me this money. It's not give me this money so that I can pursue this dream that you've never seen me do. It's, hey, not only have you seen me do this dream, but here is the full business plan that I spent a month working on. Here is a financial model that I have put together based on all of this. That I know works. More importantly, here are these lenders that I've talked to that will fund everything that I just said. And so I went to them with a full plan, right? And so part part of 
the the pursuing your dream is not you know simply you know keep sending out mixtapes it's literally you get in there you grind and then you out on the street selling the mixtapes and then you go to somebody and be like hey listen i just moved a thousand mixtapes give me you know hundred thousand dollars so i can you know make this you know, quality get distribution and let me scale it up yeah. and so you know people get people get caught up in the oh i need to get a hundred thousand dollars to start this or oh, i need a million dollars to start this nope you need your sweat equity and whatever else you got to start and then once you do a little bit little bit little bit then you keep going so that that it, it essentially i all i do is buy and sell I, I buy and rent uh you know houses and i've built this whole infrastructure around it but again this is a you know when you're talking to me at year 20 you're not talking to me at year one so let's take let's take somebody that's you know tired of their corporate or or their job right mm -hmm. And they're like, you know what? I, I, I've heard real estate, real estate, real estate. Obviously, we're all involved in real estate uh, uh, outside of what we do. But how do they get started? They don't have 20 years. Same way I started. I was working a nine to five. I was literally just taking the little bit of money that I had extra left over and buying small properties. So we're in Dallas right now. Uh, you can go to South Dallas right now. And you can get a property for anywhere from ninety to a hundred thousand dollars. You can buy that property. You got to put twenty percent down. Okay, might be daunting. So you need to have five, in your mind five to ten thousand dollars to sort of get yourself started. Right. And so, however long it takes you to save that up, you save that up. So I've got I've got the six seven thousand dollars. There you go. Now how do I how do I how do I fix it up? I, I'm not a handyman. You don't have to. <laughs> I am also not a handyman. I shockingly, uh, I am not a handyman either. Uh, it, it is all about uh, networking and building relationships. So, um, a very easy thing to do when you start, particularly if you're working with, um, you know, Joe Blow handyman. You say, "Hey, listen, I am working on this flip. I have five thousand dollars. We're gonna buy this ninety thousand dollar house. I know that I need to spend five thousand dollars to fix it up. I don't have five thousand dollars. Here's what I'm gonna do." I'm going to pay you X amount per week, per month, and we're going to fix this thing up over six months. And what we'll do is, since I know you're helping me out, I'm going to give you 10% of the profits of whatever we make. Boom. Done. Now, you got a handyman that's working for you. Uh, hopefully, you have vetted him uh, in, in whatever reasonable way you can, and then you can have your first house, and you're getting it done. And I'm saying this because I've seen this done a whole number of times. There's a million Facebook groups about it that you can look at. Um, people love the BRRR strategy. Like, like that is one of those things that like anybody can do, and it's super simple to start. People always want to. Well, do I need to spend ten thousand dollars to go to Trump University? Real no. quick, let me let no. me explain what BRRR is. The burn. Okay. The bur It's called the burn method. It's buy, renovate, or, or rehab, uh, refinance, rent, repeat, rent and repeat, rent and repeat. Yeah, rent. Yep. And rent, like you have. So a is that three or four R's? It's it's four. It's four. Buy. Rehab, renovate, refinance, rent, repeat. Yeah, and it's one of those things that like, it is super simple, it is very doable, and it is it is the it is the easiest thing to sort of get you out of the rat race. Like, I, I and this is I say it's easy because I've been doing real estate and it's what I know. Some people might say crypto, some people might say stocks, some people might say. Well, Whatever, whatever it is you whatever it is you passionate about yeah. find your lane mm -hmm. and take that first step 
It's all about taking the first step. Because and and to be honest, it's never gonna go perfect. Yeah. So just because the first one don't work, just because the first one don't work, it doesn't mean it's don't over. Wrong. You gotta start again. You got you gotta keep at it. You have to understand what didn't work, why didn't it work. Maybe you had the wrong contractor, maybe you bought the wrong house. These are things that happened. Yeah. But and, yes, and keep real going. quick, I also yeah. wanna and you know, jump in and say if you don't have the five thousand to buy the ninety thousand dollar house, go hook up with your partner. Now you don't need but twenty five hundred, and he's got twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't have, if neither one, figure it out. Get a third person, right? And let's all put fifteen, seventeen, fifteen a piece yep. to get it. Right. Yep. Like, like twenty twenty two. Stop making excuses. There's a way to do everything. Like you just gotta have enough gumption about yourself. Yeah. For you know, when there's a will, there's a way. Like, I mean, you and I said to figure it out. Like, yeah. put your heads together. Get get with some like minded people who wanna pursue the same type of things that you want to pursue yeah. and have a sit down that's like this but just figure it out like but put, something, this, put something on paper this, and figure though. out what makes sense here's what's crazy if you were at your nine to five you would already do it because you've been conditioned yep mm-hmm. you know you mentioned ups fedex and i've done those jobs right yeah um if if i can't lift this box uh from the back of the truck what do they tell you to do get help yeah. get a buddy you yeah. have a buddy system right. if you can't raise your capital by yourself get somebody go get a buddy so we do these things intrinsically we just have a fear because there's a comma associated with it i think it's a you know it's the fear it's the fear of failure right and i mean for most of us we watch football you know i played soccer when i was growing up but no, there's a saying, another football. Another football. But there's a saying is, if you're afraid of, you know, if you're afraid to catch it, you're afraid of, you know, if you're afraid to drop it, you're afraid to catch it, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Is that you have to be okay with failing, because failure is literally the stepping stone to success. If you don't want to do that part, then just go ahead and forget, you know, forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 you know, nobody that has succeeded has has not failed, exactly. right? And, and I think, just to pivot a little bit, I definitely think we don't network enough. Like networking right. is yeah. so important. And I think That's one good. of the things that people always talk about is, you know, if you have a dream, be careful who you share it with. See, I don't I don't subscribe to that mentality. Yeah. My mentality is mm-hmm. if I have a dream, everybody around me needs to know what that dream is. Yeah. Because on off chance that, that Cuff is talking to somebody that happens to know this, then all of a sudden he can put my name in the mix. Yeah. I feel like there's too many times where we use our sort of nine to five and excuse not to just do a little bit of networking, like a little yeah. bit of networking every day. And the thing is, I'm the most introverted person you'll ever meet. Yeah. Like if you ever see me anywhere, I will be somewhere off by myself watching the game, maybe have my headphones on. But there are times when I know that I need to be out there and I have to put myself out there and I have to be conscious about it. And I have always had a vision to start my own private equity fund. And I have told everybody to listen. And my first job interview, they were like, what do you want to do? I was like, listen, I want to go here, but at some point, I want to start my own private equity firm. Anybody that will listen to me, I told I want to start my own private equity firm because that's what I want to do, and I want that vision out there. And I don't care if you tell me you can't do it because you're black, you can't do it because you're this, you can, yeah. you can tell me that a million times. But uh, the thing see, is, that's still with my private equity firm. Yeah, you tell me a million times. Hey, it's 2022. <laughs> if you're still the person, when you if you happen to put your dream out there and you happen to give a damn, if somebody says you can't do that, then I don't know what to tell you, but times have changed. Like if you gotta, if you there's something burning inside of you that says I want to do X, Y, Z. If you happen to encounter somebody that says you can't do that, or doesn't believe it, man, get to another person because that that is not who you need to speak with. And if you take any type of, if you take 
heedance to somebody saying you can't do something, I don't even know what to tell you. Like you're you're at a bad point. From well, it, it, it goes back to the first point, which is you got to do the self inventory. I'm you're, telling you, you're gotta, still weak, yeah. right? You you got to get a little bit stronger, a little bit more metal. Um, but you also have, but you also have to understand like. You need to understand why people are saying you can't do it. Mm. Like, if I say I want to be the best rapper in the game, and people are like, well, you can't do it because you got a massive stuttering problem, and I've heard your raps, and they're terrible. Now, if you can't fix the stuttering problem, maybe you can't be a rapper. Mm. But if you say, listen, I really want to buy my first investment property, and then somebody says, well, you can't do it because you don't know anything real estate. Well, that's something you can fix. Right. That's something that's very easy to fix. You can read one book, you know enough about real estate. You, you can go to one of the many billion Facebook groups, YouTube out there, yeah. you can figure that out. So then if somebody says, well, you don't know about real estate, you'll be like, well, actually I do. And you can tell them this. Like, don't, I think too many times people look at the criticizer and just take that criticism yeah. to heart. And it's like, no, no, you yeah. have to understand, like have yeah. you have to understand people perceive you uh, what you give out. Like if you go to somebody and you tell them your dream and somebody's like, oh, not you. You need to understand, why, why are people saying not yeah. me? What is it that I'm giving off? What is it that I'm doing? That's good, man. What is it that I'm doing in my life that would suggest to people that, you know, I can't do this? Like, so well, so the thing is, you got to do self-inventory first. But the, a lot of times, people speak from their own perspective. They speak Certainly. from their own limitations Certainly. as well. So you come to me Certainly. and say, hey, I want to build a, uh, a hedge fund. Well, because I don't feel like I could build it or it's never been a dream of mine, you know, I... I tend to impose my own limitation sure. on you. And that's why you gotta, you cannot let people, other people's opinion become your reality. You cannot uh -huh. do that, right? You have to know what it is that you wanna achieve and also understand, do a self inventory on, and know what your capability is, right? But one thing though, I hear this amongst us all the time, is that we tend to use our skin color as our limitation. And I don't think, to be honest, I believe that at the end of the day, we have to show up to the table and demand what is ours and demand what is yours, right? But you have to know what is, you know, who you are as a person. You have to know what it is that you want to achieve out of life. And because only then can you, can you show up to the table and say, hey, this is my piece of pie and I'm here to collect. And see, this is funny because we, we were, Governor, and I were having the same discussion. Yeah. And I have a slightly different point of view on that. Okay. I think too often we want to get access to tables that we don't need access to mm. we want to feel like that we are uh validated because we're accepted at a certain mm. place mm. and i think too often we don't understand that we need to go where people aren't accepted at like that's where we're gonna make our money like when i say things like 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 for example so walking the open door versus trying to beat on one that's locked up for example when i think about real estate and when I thought about where I wanted to start, like I could have said, okay, well, Invitation Home, the largest single family operator, this is their buy box. I want to see if I can, you know, buy some properties to sell to them. That's one opportunity. Mm -hmm. But another way is, okay, this is their buy box. Why aren't they buying over here? And maybe it's because they don't have any black people, so they're scared of South Dallas and they don't want to go down there. Right. I was like, okay, well, if nobody's going to South Dallas, and they got this model that I know works. Let me do it. Why don't I go down there? I don't. Right. I have. I grew up in Southside Chicago. I like. I have no problem going to South Dallas. Like those houses look just fine to me. Mm -hmm. And so, to me, I think oftentimes, particularly when you look at black people, like yeah. where black people have made a significant amount of money, mm -hmm. is always taking stuff that they didn't want to take that, that nobody else wanted. Mm -hmm. 
So Rob Smith, he's a fraternity brother of mine, um, billionaire. Uh, and you know, if you if you hear his story, uh, he got started in venture capital, and he was grinding on his venture capital just like everybody else was. And there were these projects that like nobody wanted because they just didn't think they were going to be successful. So they just gave him to Rob, and Rob was like, "Okay, right, cool. <laughs> okay, watch, watch okay." And you know, he was able to then sort of parlay that into all of these companies that nobody thought would be successful and he found the right way to make them successful and so for me it's like forget about the the, the traditional table right like forget about that like take your dream take your dream take it to wherever wherever the table that will accept you and that's where you go like don't beat your head about okay i need to talk a certain way i need to look a certain way i need to do this so that i can get to this table and i can be validated no, take who you are. Take yeah. your whole in 2022. This is not 1965 anymore. Yeah. We don't have yeah. to, you know, hat in hand. Yes, sir, boss. This. Listen, if there are, you know, African Americans make up 13 percent of the population, our buying power is in the, you trillions. know, trillions oh. at this point, right? So there is clearly going to be a market for whatever you want to do in that place. And so the biggest opportunities for you to really make game-changing money is to go to those opportunities and not in an exploitive way but in a way that in a way that is can be both helpful to your community but also extremely entrepreneurial like for example trade schools like that's the biggest thing that i think have been has been denigrated by people it's like oh okay if i want to be successful i gotta go to college it's gotta look a certain way i gotta look when i go to college i gotta look a certain way not everybody's built for that And, and more importantly there's a tremendous amount of money being made in trades yep. and really That's understanding, okay, I have this trade. I know how to maintenance, maintenance HVACs. Okay, well, I can take that passion and instead of working for XYZ HVAC company, replacing HVACs where they're paying me whoo, $75 an hour, that's a lot of money. Well, guess what? If they're paying you $75 an hour, imagine what they're, actually what they're making. making. Right. And so now instead of you doing this, well, okay, well maybe on the side you start your little HVAC business. Instead you say, okay, I'm gonna now start XYZ HVAC company and I'm gonna still work for these guys, but I'm gonna, you know, see how many jobs I can get doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, well let me let me hire, you know, this, you know, kid out of college who or who did just let me hire this kid out of high school and let me teach him how to make HVACs. I'll pay him twenty five dollars an hour and then now all of a sudden you got a business. Yep. And so to me I think, you know, really thinking about Less thinking about sort of our color as a liability, but more thinking about it as an asset. More, more thinking about it as, you know what, these are spaces that people haven't walked in. I've walked yeah. in these spaces, and I've seen the needs in this community, and we can meet these things. And I'm curious, because you talked about there's two tables that we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? The table that you want to sit at, the table that you can be welcomed at, and then I want to throw a third table out there, and you create your own table. What are your thoughts on that? Cause, and I think that's what you did in your line of business, right? right? Now, I th- you know... To, you know, to go off what you're saying and from what I'm hearing you saying, right, what I'm interpreting, is that you have to know what your identity is. You have to know who you are. Absolutely. Because once you identify who you are, you can walk into any room or create your own room, right? Because then you don't need permission from someone else to be able to say, hey, do this or do that. Because at the end of the day, you know what it is that you want to achieve, what you want to accomplish, right? So... At the, you know, when it boils down to it, it all comes down to say, okay, what is it that I want, okay, and what relationship do I need to build to be able to achieve that vision, right? Somebody once told me, he said, there's two things that will change your life, the books that you read and the people that you you hang around. 
right? So if you if you're not reading a book, if you're not reading, then what are you doing? Especially during the pandemic, if you know you were saying earlier, level up on your Madden game. If you you could have been doing that or reading a book. If you're passionate about real estate, read books about real estate. There's plenty of libraries out there. There's a lot of free you know uh, uh, resources. Or if you can't can read, get on get on Audible. Exactly. Give people right. who know more YouTube, about you. It is exactly. Right. So once you, you know, the books that you read and then put yourself in a room where success is already happening. One thing I've realized is that if you don't, if you can't see what the picture looks like, it's almost impossible to put your own puzzle together. It really is. So it's, you know, for, for example, I've, I can see, you know, how successful you are in your line of work. Right. And now all of a sudden, because I see it, I'm able to navigate and see how I can put my own pictures together. Right. You know, as uh, raising kids, I don't have any children yet, but I'm pretty sure as parents, kids do what you what they see you do, not what you tell them to do. Mm. The same thing in our life as being successful is we have to be able to be the model for others to see that, hey, whatever vision it is that I have, it can be done because somebody else that looks just like me, you know, owned that space that they're in as well. Let me. Let me, I guess for lack of a better word, challenge you in that, right? So if you come from a model where you weren't taught to be your own boss or Mm -hmm. to work for yourself. Mm -hmm. My whole thing for 2022, and I've told my wife, I've told him this, I'm working to get to uncharted territory. Okay. I'm working to get to a space to where, like if my dad was still here and he asked me, well, what did you do do today, son? I wanted to get to a space to where if my dad was here, I'd say, dad, this is what I did today. And I would want his mind to be blown. Right. Like... I want to get to a space to where I'm doing something that wasn't modeled before me, right? Like right. You know, we've all come from a line of people who have probably worked for somebody else, right? But if you if you haven't seen that model before you, you right. got to have some type of internal mechanism or ambition that says there's a way that I can do something better. Like so, get to uncharted territory to where it's almost like you know we've said it's like sometimes you got to just kind of build a freeway as it. Yeah, while you're driving the car. Sure. So, so I want, get you know, to that spot. I want I want to pick pick back on that. You know, I grew up in a refugee camp in Africa, right? So when I was you know when I was born, we grew you know we had a civil war that was happening in our country. So we you know we had to evacuate and live in a refugee camp. The first seven eight years of my life, all I saw was poverty, right? That and was that's real poverty. Yeah. And you know, real life. Talk, yeah, this is like real life scenarios happening. <laughs> Everything that you see is literally the bottom feed of society, right? And so the thing about that is you you know the you gotta have a vision and say there has to be more than this, right? Because if you were born poor, it is not your fault. But if you die poor, it is all your fault. It is nobody else's you know excuse you know it's nobody's responsibility to come rescue us. We have this mindset, and I think that's what the the job you know you know our world has created is that somebody else is supposed to take you know take care of me, right? So we apply for a job, we go, we stay there consistently. We have that nine to five because the security of have you know of us having that job you know that job coming in that income. But the thing about it is you got to take responsibility matters to your own hand because nobody's coming to save you. Right. I would also argue that there is no uncharted territory. Yeah. I would, my, my argument, my, my counter to what you're saying is that ultimately, right, I remember I told my dad at my first job out of business school, uh, I said, yeah, dad, I'm going to be doing investment banking for Wachovia. Yeah. He said, and I quote, you did all this school and become a teller at a bank? Because he had no idea what investment banking was, right? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, 
if I had known what investment banking was when I was in college, I'd have done that first. But I didn't know. And the reason why I didn't know is because I wasn't doing the networking I needed to do. Because if I had been, then I would have known that that was a possibility. Yeah. And so I would argue that there is no uncharted territory. Even if you're doing something that nobody's done before, yeah. there are building blocks to building a company. Mm-hmm. There are building blocks to being an entrepreneur. Yeah. There are building blocks to all of these things. And to me, I think that when you talk about uncharted territory, all you're talking about is taking the bricks that somebody else has built yep. Yep. and then adding another brick, adding another brick. I can see it that way. And yeah. so what, 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 I'm, what, I, what, what I would suggest is that you may not even know the bricks exist, but that in 2022 it's has got to be on you. Yeah. Because... Even if, like, you can't tell me that somebody that grew up in a refugee camp, somebody who grew up on South Side Chicago, all of a sudden, we just magically sort of, you know, blazed a path. Because yeah. we didn't. Like, at the end of the day, I will never tell you I am a self-made millionaire. Yeah. I will never tell you that. Because at the end of the day, there are folks that I talked to that added a brick. There are folks that were in my life that tried to kick a brick down that helped me add two more bricks. Like there are people in my life and my circle who through not even their own knowledge, who I, who I pride bricks from uh, because I wanted to do something different. Because I think part of, you know, growing up the way we do is that we don't appreciate the fact that there are people in this world whose parents, you know, sat them down at the table yeah. and talked to them about, okay, this is what entrepreneurship is. Yeah. And there's a reason why they don't teach this in school. And I think it's part of, because we're a capitalist society, right? Like, exactly. like it makes no sense that I need to have biology from, you know, sixth well, grade to, to 12th grade, but I don't have any econ, <laughs> but I don't have any personal finance. I don't have real but estate. Yeah. I, any of the basic things, right? Like yeah. you don't get any of that stuff from school. And I think that's intentional because capitalism is designed to create workers, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you're not going to be blazing a territory. Once you decide that there has to be something more to life than this, mm. it is on you to start to figure out what that is. And then as you discover your passions, you're never going to be blazing a trail. Even if you are doing something, like I said, even, even if you eventually end up doing something like creating the internet, yeah. or even if you end up creating Tesla, like you don't create Tesla if there are no cars, mm-hmm. right? Like, like Tesla is... I'm taking a car and now I'm doing, I'm thinking differently than everybody else has. But again, you're doing that off of the base of this thing. I, I, think, I think what Mo was really saying is uncharted territory relevant to his surname. Hmm. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Sure. So, I think. Yes. In, that's you know, a great way of putting it. Like my dad, my dad had. He never thought that. What, right. My dad, his dad, hey, I have a podcast. My dad would be like, what is that, son? Yeah. He'd be like, what is that? Or dad, I have an investment meeting. Like. He'd been like, "What is that?" Yeah. yeah. So, that's my uncharted territory. And and I, I knew that's kind of where yeah. you were coming from. Both of y'all and I, I feel like we kind of came from similar yeah. financial backgrounds, uh-huh. right? Not not super wealthy, not super poor, or anything like that. Came from none. And, and I don't know your background, but I imagine Southside of Chicago probably wasn't. You, you weren't growing up in a high. Wasn't great. Wasn't great. Wasn't great. And obviously, you grew up in a refugee camp. Yeah. So we we've we've heard these stories thousands, millions of times, right? Yeah. So Jay Z and and Kanye and and this person have all come up. Oprah and all this other stuff, right? I just named a bunch of Chicago people, by the way. <laughs> but um, what about the person 
that actually did come from a middle class. Like, th- th- that drive is certainly different. I want to, let me be careful about my words and choose my words correctly. It's more noticeable, the drive is more noticeable in someone that's coming from the south side of Chicago or coming from a refugee camp as opposed to someone that grew up with two parents in the household or, uh, you know, two cars in the driveway or whatever that is. I want to challenge y'all to talk to the people that kind of come from the quote unquote middle class. So my thing is, you can't teach drive, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you yeah. can't tell me that if Michael Jordan didn't play basketball, he still wouldn't be great at something, right? Yeah. Like, there is a level of drive in people that you can't teach. It's innate. And, and there are people that are designed and born to work nine to five, and to you, God bless you, we need those people in this world. Frankly, I think that there are a lot more of them than there are not. And I think that a lot of times people don't appreciate where they are. But when you start to tell people what it takes, uh, because I've been a mentor to a lot of people, a lot of people. And I use this example because this is the one that I think is the most prevalent to me. There were two people that I were mentoring at the same time. One uh, was a girl whose mom was blind, uh, came from a very impoverished household. She was going to community college. Another was a boy who was in foster care, um, also, you know, troubled home, going to community college. I was uh, doing a program where I was mentoring these uh, kids in community college and I was trying to figure out, sort of help them get to where they want to go. And in fact, actually, I, I got them in high school. Uh, and so I got them in high school. So two people, same exact, like, upbringing, essentially. Yeah. And the girl had this drive that you could see in her eyes. She was going to be something no matter what. Yeah. The boy, you would tell her to do something. He'd come back, he'd tell all kinds of excuses why he didn't do it. Uh, and then, you know, by, by the time, you know, I, I just got so frustrated because, you know, I'm working 80 hours a day, 80 hours a week, and I tell this boy, hey, I just need you to do your math homework. If you have a problem with your math homework, just call me, and we'll, we'll get it done. And I need you to turn in the math homework every week. Wouldn't do it. The girl, whatever I told her, she did that and then some. Yeah, didn't, didn't have to ask. And yeah. so they both end up going to community college. Now, the girl said, I really want to be a lawyer. She said, I want to go to Cornell. So I said, listen, I, this is what it takes to get there. And I outlined step by step. And she did it. And she sent me her essays. And I remember her essays were just trash. Like the first, the first, the first set of essays she sent me uh, were so terrible. I said, listen, we can't even start with this. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. Like, I'm going to give you the topic. I'm going to give you some like, just key points. Give it to me again. She rewrote those essays seven times. The boy, he, you know, barely getting D's in community college. So immediately I was like, okay, two types of people. He's a worker bee. We need to figure out how to get him to something that he can just, just get this. Just clock in, clock out. There you go. And so he winds up, uh, ends up, um, you know, getting a job uh, as a, um, he worked with the airlines. He was uh, one of those guys with the, with the, these, uh, the, yeah, yeah. we on the podcast. I'm kind of, yeah, there you go. He he ended up getting a ground crew. Listen, in my mind, great success. He ends up coming from a home where he didn't know his father or mother. Um, He never even saw that level of success. Nope. He didn't know his father or mother. So in my mind, he has a great union job. He's got a car. He's doing. He's he's very happy. I'm happy for yeah, him. That's his uncharted yeah. territory. I'm happy for him. The girl, I said, listen, we, we got some here. Are we? Are we did, uh, once we finally read all of her things, I personally t- 
took time out of my day. I drove her up to Cornell. I mean, all the introductions. She did great. She ends up getting into Cornell, becomes a lawyer. So two people, same exact thing. Yeah. One had a drive, one didn't. Yeah. And that drive is what puts them anywhere. And I don't care whether you're middle class or the upper class. It doesn't matter where you mm -hmm. come from. Yeah. The only difference between those two people was the passion and the drive. Yeah. And she had the passion and the drive to get where she wanted to be. He didn't. Both, in my mind, success stories. I'm glad we had some intervention. He ended up being, I think, a lot better than he would have been. In my mind, he had the potential to be something else. But then once I realized he wanted something, he just wanted this. Yeah. And the thing is, he could not tell you he wanted this. He would tell you he wants the moon, but his actions told you something different. Mm -hmm. Her actions said I wanted the moon. She said she wanted the moon, yeah. and she got there. Yeah. And now she's a lawyer doing in, in, in great shape. She's doing really, really impressive things. And for me, I, to me, to answer your question, when you talk about the middle class, I don't think there's a difference between talking about the middle class or any class. Yeah. I think it's simply, if you want to start on second base, you want to start at, uh, you know, not even on the field, both of y'all can get to home. Mm -hmm. Both of y'all can get to home. And to yeah. me, success is not about we all need to be billionaires. Yeah. Success is really about... Have you gotten to your dream and your passion? Are you happy when you wake up every day? Are you, are, you, are you content with the effort you've made? And if you can say that every day, then God bless it whether you yeah. drive in a UPS truck or whether you're the CEO of JP Morgan, it doesn't matter. Life is about being happy because money is not gonna make you happy. What's gonna make you happy is you achieving your dreams and your passions. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think a lot of times we make um, excuses. Yeah. But the the, the common words that I've heard is, is obviously drive. That was kind of the last point that we all have to have. Um, Self-inventory seems to be a, a word that percolates or has percolated throughout this entire conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And then having a vision, which obviously that's why we have the Vision Lab podcast. And even though this is a behind the dollar episode, I think that you still have to have that oh, vision, yeah. right? It's, that's that's the starting point of anything. Yeah, like you've right. got to be able to visualize what it is that you're going to go after what it is you're going to try to achieve if you don't have that then you can't even to his point you can't even take that first step yeah and then, and then obviously networking right mm -hmm. you, you you have to put yourself if you're if you don't already have said room you need to go to the different rooms that are out there to help yeah. you get to where you or find the people that can help you get to where you want to go and then i think you also mentioned you know books, books. absolutely as well uh wow. as, again that's that's more of a sub I would say uh, self inventory. Yeah, the, you know, for rich dad poor dad is I've always been a defining moment for me when I first read the book yeah. because it allowed me to understand how the system work here. You know, overall as far as how money really work, right? So whether you you know you want to get into real estate or you, you know whatever type of you know in, endeavor that you want to get into, I strongly recommend that you read that book. Right, because it's gonna help you understand how to get out of the rat race and be able to define what is it that you want for yourself. Right? Yeah. So that's really what it boils down to. To me, I like that book because yeah. it's short, mm -hmm. it's easy to read, mm -hmm. it's quick. Yeah. And if you only read one book, read that book, and then that will help you certainly coalesce your vision yep. and to start to get into those rooms. And, and, and again, don't go to rooms you're not welcome. There are plenty of rooms where your vision will be welcome. There are plenty of people that will welcome you for your vision. Just just keep going. I, I'm, glad that we, I'm glad that we're talking about books, okay? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll land the plane. 
Well, um, before you do that, I wanted to find out what what were you gonna say? Well, you talking about rooms? Like I read a great a great quote, and the gentleman who said it, he said he said I don't belong in any particular room, therefore I'm comfortable in every one I walk into. There you go. There and that's that's the mindset I have because you know I've told you about yeah, this stuff. Like I walked actually, to the plenty of places and people yeah. been like, "What the hell?" And then we start having a conversation and the whole tenor changes because in my mind. When I walked in, you probably already judged me from when I walked in, and you thought, okay, surely he didn't know what he was talking about. And then I started talking, but in my mind, the, the, the joke's on you. So it's funny yeah. we're talking about building rooms, walking into rooms, whatnot. Like, yeah. I believe that, like, some of these rooms that I've been in, like, quote unquote, I'm not supposed to be in there anyway, so I don't care what you think. Here's what it is. Yeah. Well, and more importantly, just to, it's people have a innate need and want to help people. Yeah. Right. So if That's you go right. into a room where you don't belong, and somebody sees you don't belong, but they see that you're trying, yeah. that you're making That's an effort, the yeah. then they're going to reach back out. Mm-hmm. If you email somebody 20 times, they're yeah. going to email you back. Yeah. If you call somebody 20 times, they're going to call you back. Yeah. And ultimately, even people that don't have the time for it, that may not look like you, that may not think that you may not think they want to help you. They'll give you a shot just so they can get rid of you. But that's your, that's your chance yeah. to make an impression. Though. Yeah. 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 So you got to have the drive. That's, you know most thing is you gotta have the drive and before you have the drive have the vision have what is it that you want because that's the blueprint of everything if you don't success is really not about what you were saying earlier hey driving a Lamborghini or whatever the case is success is to if you're a school teacher and that's all you've ever wanted to do because that was your vision and you became a school teacher success that's success right that's there. the win yeah. yeah that's the win um I want to land the plane, but before we do, I, again, I want to say thank you to Mike Cook for being on the show. Obviously, a big shout-out to our sponsor, James Aquila. Um, real quickly, as we go into 2020, or excuse me, as we continue going through 2022, um, we talked about books, and I think that's a big, big, big thing that, that we need to focus on. Um, real quick, give me top five books that, sh- that you would recommend to anybody, whether you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, uh, um, anesthesiologist, uh, uh, a, uh, a shoemaker, whatever. Like, what five books would you recommend people to read? I'm going to go off topic here because I hate to do this, but I feel like in 2022, you don't need books anymore. I feel like if you have something that you want to do, I feel like a simple Google will get you further than me giving you five books. Because the problem with books is books are timed. So if I write a book in 2000 or if I write a book today, that information is going to be irrelevant two years from now. Timestamp on it. And so for me, I like Rich Dad Poor Dad because it's easy. It has some fundamentals that I like. I don't necessarily think all of the Rich Dad Poor Dad things work today. But if I was going to say, you know, you want to sort of get into whatever, I would start with that basic premise, the premise of Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is basically very simply, use your time wisely. (laughs) Use your time wisely. That and OPM. Use your time wisely. (laughs) And yes, and definitely use other people's money. But uh, to me, I I would, rather than sort of give you a list of the top five books that I've read, uh, I I I would pause on that and I would say, I don't, whatever you're into, start with, Google, start with YouTube, start with podcasts, start with podcasts, because to me, like, I listen to all my podcasts on two and a half speed, and I can give you 10 podcasts that you should listen to tomorrow. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the uh, first one better be. <laughs> yes, no. Things like the Vision Lab, right? Like Freakonomics. Like there's just a number of things that you can listen to that I think would be game changers in your life. That if you're riding to work, uh, if you're commuting to work every day and you're not listening to a podcast, turn off 104.5 or whatever you listen to. Listen to a podcast that's real estate focused or listen to a podcast that's doing whatever you want to do. I think it's that gets you a lot further than me giving you the five books that I read to get started in real estate. And I, I know that's different than what you asked me, but that's just my recommendation as as today. As the top five yeah. podcasts that they should be listening to. No question, no question, <laughs> no question. But to me, I think listening to something like this is going to be as impactful yeah. as reading you know, a book on how to get started in real estate. Because frankly, I think most of those books in universities are a waste of your time. They all say the same thing. And you're gonna learn more by buying your first rehab than you would by reading any book. There it is. All right, James. I would say um, I'm a I'm a I'm a reader. I read all the time. And there was a book. I don't. People don't talk about it that much. Is the uh, the science of getting rich. Okay. Right. It's by uh, Wallace Waller. It's one of the most profound book that I've read in a while because it talks about. It says that your fullest potential is really to become the very best version of yourself. Okay. You can you can you can honor God or you know your higher power or mankind no more than to become the very best version of you. Okay. So whatever that is to you, you know that's what you should be pursuing, right? Number two. So uh, number two is rich dad poor dad. Of course, okay. you know uh, Napoleon Hill, the think, uh, think and grow rich. rich. That's yep. definitely always gonna be on top five. Yep. Um, Today matter by John Maxwell. Okay. So it's how you know that's a really good read. I love that one. Today matters. Today matters. Okay. Right? I would add one more. You know. I know. He's, He's got, got, got one more. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Get you one more. It's all right. I'm gonna let you wait, finish. Wait, wait. He got rich dad, poor dad, think and go rich. rich. Today matters. Today, Today matters. matters. And the, the science, science of being rich. Okay. Science of right. Last one. And then the last one I'll go again with Depoy. Uh, outwitting the devil. Outwitting the devil. Outwitting the devil. Okay. That one is a must read. You gotta. You have to read that one. All right, okay. now you want to chime in on the I books. No, I have two more that are not, that you got me thinking. There are two more that I think are timeless. Um, the Miseducation of a Negro and The Art of War. Ooh, that's one of my Those are the, the, the that, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and the, read those three books, and in my mind, you will have all you need. And the thing about The Art of War is it's a gift that keeps on giving. Like, every time you read it again, you get something different out of it. It's really complex to read it. Again, another short book. I like short books because yeah. I'm really, I, I like, I like that really impactful, insightful thing. But the art of war, I think, um, Fight really, them where they ain't. really, Fight them where they ain't. exactly. I mean that 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 that, that to me, um, uh, it really encapsulates how particularly we as black folks can succeed in this space. Um, there's another book written, but that's again, that, that's probably for a different podcast. But I think there's a book that talks about sort of how we as, as black folks need to think about um, congregating together in space. Um, that's a different podcast. Man. Yeah. It is, that's it is. But I can go back to Africa. It is, it is. It is and it isn't. See, because I'm, like, trying, I'm trying to get you up out of here because I know you have things to do. No, no, it, it isn't, it yeah. isn't. But the reason why the reason why I thought about it, um, and I can't, I can't remember the author off the top of my head. It's a fairly recent book. Uh, it was groundbreaking because it was really sort of talking about like how do we as black people sort of start to use our voice more and the thinking was you know what part of why we don't have a voice is because we're all scattered and if we sort of move to like like let's say every black person in the world moved to Georgia right now right 
like all of a sudden we would have significant sort of oh. voting power, buying power, whole different community. It, 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 it's a, it's an interesting. I would, I would take Georgia out of the, out of the uh, map. I said, take him to Africa. <laughs> right, Africa's a big place. It, it is. Georgia's a little more, you know. Some, some Georgia, some people can visualize. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. But they, yeah, yeah. The all of the themes of all of those books are are really simple. Like it boils down to having a vision, networking with people that will accept you and that will give you jewels, and then executing. Yeah. And I think all of those books really sort of talk, really start to get you focused on the time that you have that you don't really think about. All right, P, real quick, your top five for 2020, or I shouldn't say top five, your, the five books that you would recommend for 2022. Uh, I mean, he said Art of War. I've read that multiple times. That's what I said. Is five. that one of yours? Uh, yeah, sure. If you haven't read it, read, read the book. Okay. If you have not read it, read Art that. Art of War. Uh, you know, big sports fan. So, uh, there's, there. Uh, matter of fact, Eric Dickerson is coming out with a book in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think it said, uh, I think it's called uh, Catch My Smoke, something along the lines of him telling all his stories and whatnot. So, from a sports standpoint... Um, I do like the thought of uh, the science of getting rich, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've got on my list some type of financial book. I was just thinking Grow Rich. Um, and then if you have not read or listened to Jay Prince's book, The Art and Science of Respect, if you have not listened to or read it, I highly suggest you do that. And he said one of the coolest things I've ever heard. He said, every day you wake up, you get two things. It's a chance and a choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Five. then, Oof. yeah. That's good. Oof. That's and, a good one. And then the other, the other one would be, um, oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Think and Grow Rich, Art of War. Oh, As a Man Thinketh. That's a good one. As a Man Thinketh. That's a good one. Read, read that book. Read that book. So y'all have all said my books. Um, you know, Think and Grow Rich it will be the first book that I, I'm actually reading it right now. That's the first book that I start off uh, the year with because I want my mind in the right space, mm -hmm. right? Um, As a Man Thinketh, again, kind of supports that, that vein. Yep. Um, oh, shoot. Now I put myself on the spot. Um, I, I want to read the Bible more thoroughly. Um, that's, that's me. Uh, oh, Can't Hurt Me. David Goggins. All right, David Goggins. If man. you haven't read that, you talk. For, just Google David Goggins. It's, Start there. It mm. is. It is beyond motivating. Yeah, I think it's 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 committal, and and I think that that's important. Um, stoicism, they see. And that that, that that and I'm, that's the other angle. I was there's a yeah. stoic book. I cannot remember the title, but there's a stoicism book that I really want to get into. The um, obstacle is away. Huh? The obstacle is away. No, it's not that one. It's not something that. stoic. It's got like it's like stoic something or something stoic but uh that wasn't one of mine but i will be reading that this year um oh think we're rich yeah All no, no no no, no. Uh, i'm sorry uh, robert kiyosaki rich uh, Dad, Dad, Dad. Yeah. yeah so well listen mike i appreciate you my boy always mm. always to always. our always. sponsor always mr james yeah, mr aquila hey let's get it Hey, we, we hung out today. We chopped it up. Big shout out to Jeff Davis over at Astute Gentleman. Letting us come in and work. Shout out to the OG. Yeah. Uh, behind the dollar, y'all. And I hope you guys were impacted uh, in a positive way. I hope that you guys got a lot of gems out of this. Um, this was a fantastic episode. Really appreciate both of our guests. Uh, to our sponsor, James Aquila, thank you for jumping in today. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. Thank you again to our guest, Mike Cook and James Aquila, our sponsor. Um, and we will see you guys uh, next month with another great episode of the Honda Dollar with the Vision Lab podcast. Get the bag.